0: You're listening to So Many Sequels, I am Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Today on the show we are talking about Night at the Museum, the 2006 film starring Ben Stiller among other people but mostly him. He's the main dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no matter where you might be listening to us today, I want to remind everyone that all of our episodes past, present and future are available on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com/so many sequels pod. You can follow us there and leave a comment for us when you listen. We also like uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, so go check all those things out. With that out of the way, let's talk about this movie. Night at the Museum, like I said, came out in 2006. It stars Ben Stiller, um, Dick Van Dyke, um, Uh, some voices, Brad
1: Garrett. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. uh, uh, You always remember the cast better than me. Carla Gugino. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who else was in it? Mickey Rooney. Mickey Uh, Rooney. Bill Cobbs. Did you say Ricky
2: Gervais? Who's that? The... uh, he was an airbud.
3: <laughs>
2: who's that? He's the African American one.
1: He was one of the uh, he's a of the security guard. The other the retiring night guard. The one who made a copy of the key. Who's right? not? Who's not? Andy Rooney and Reginald? Dick Mickey Reginald. That's it. Reginald? Yeah. Do y'all don't remember? Thank him?
0: You. Okay. Uh, so there you go. He are... was an airbud though.
1: Um, Ricky Gervais. Did I say that? You did. Okay. Uh, Paul Rudd.
0: Oh yeah, Paul oh, yeah. Rudd. Brief cameo by Paul Rudd. Basically, I shouted at the rooftop. I was I was genuinely really surprised. In the movie, Ben Stiller plays a divorced dad. Um, he's kind of had a rough go at trying to get his life together. He's in and out of jobs. He doesn't want to just settle down, but at the same time, his ex-wife and her—I don't know if they really just dis- said he was a husband or boyfriend—but Paul Rudd is kind of a boring. Uh, what is he? A bond trader? Is that? Bond what trader. You know?
1: a bond trader.
0: Yeah. And they want Ben to have a better uh, solid foundation in life if he's gonna hang around his little kid, Nikki anymore. And so they're saying it. She she finally gives him the ultimatum of, I don't think Nikki should come stay with you anymore until you get your life on track. So Ben, uh, the good dad he is, goes off to find a job. He pleads with this woman for a job. He gets offered the job as the night guardsman at the History of, uh, or the Museum of Natural History. From there, he meets Alan Arkin. Or not Alan Arkin. I just <laughs> assumed he would be DVD. a... DVD. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, yeah. who is the uh, outgoing night guardsman team, uh, tells him it's an important job, blah, blah, blah. Ben's like, yeah, okay, sure, it's a night museum, whatever, whatever, Then, when everything goes quiet and he works for the first time, all the stuff in the museum comes to life. And that's what the like, movie's Magically. About. So... Uh, I figured we'd get started talking about maybe some of our favorite scenes. Would anyone like to go first?
2: You want to do your word
0: thing? Oh, yeah. I forgot. You keep forgetting. This is, is your idea and you always forget it. I know. I always forget it. Uh, how would everyone like to describe this movie with one word? Andrew, would you like to start? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll say fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Refreshing. Hmm. I wanted to say gum gum, but I feel like that's not doesn't describe the movie. So just I'll a, go with. Uh, it's not dum dum. It's not dum dum. <laughs> it's magical. I'll go with that. All right. All right. Now we can start talking about our favorite scenes. Um, I don't really know off the bat. I feel like I don't want to go first.
1: Uh, I'll go ahead and say that my favorite scene, my favorite scene has to be when after. Oh, I, mean, I, no. I think it's the second night. I think it's the second night. Whenever he's figured out like uh, all, everything in here is coming alive, and then all of a sudden he's he has to sit down and think like, well, "What do I need to do in order to fix it?" And so he comes up with like a like just just ways of like quelling everybody and getting everybody and wrangling up everyone.
0: Like when he tricks Dexter with the uh, toy keys. Yes, mm-hmm. he just starts coming up. Yeah, I and like actually that actually good. gives the Easter Island. Statue, the, gum gum. the gum gum. Big, big wad of gum. Mm-hmm. And gives
1: the caveman a lighter. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was funny.
1: That, that wasn't was funny. the smartest of the moves.
0: Uh, I remembered. My favorite scene is is the monkey slap fight. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it has no value to the plot. Nothing happens. They just spend, I feel like, a good 30 seconds yes. with Ben Stiller and Dexter <laughs> the monkey slapping each other across the face back and forth. Until Robin Williams' Teddy Roosevelt comes in and is like, Lawrence! God, man, why are you slapping that monkey?
2: Well, that, and then he's slapping him while he's got, like, the, no. fr- the froth from the fire hydrant. Yeah. And so he's like, are you rabid?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like every other slap, there's, like, big bits of froth that fly off his mouth. It's just, poof, poof, every few slaps.
0: Uh, then one thing that uh, I couldn't help but notice that they obviously, like, had reset his the froth on his face every time because it looked different every shot i noticed <laughs> like oh my god come on guys get it tried
3: <laughs> i wonder how many like how, how many takes they had to do to get that too because like it's a it is a real capuchin monkey and mm-hmm. so they and i i believe that they trained him to interact fairly closely with ben stiller but um i wonder how like how many times do you have to like reset that shot and do it over and over again
0: yeah, uh, Capuchin Monkeys must be like really easy to train or something because they're always in movies.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's always Capuchin Monkeys. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they were on, uh, there was a Capuchin Monkey on Friends. Yeah, myself. And uh, various other. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura was like at the very beginning, wasn't he? he had,
2: Probably.
0: Uh, I feel like he popularized
2: Return of the Monkey and, uh... oh my God, Bruce Almighty. Yep. Oh, that's, that's right. Capuchin that's Monkey right. in there.
0: Yeah, you can listen to our review of both Ace Ventura movies on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> They weren't good.
1: Spoiler no, Oh, well, the podcast. The podcast were, were good.
0: <laughs> this show was not. This <laughs> not. Uh,
1: I mean, you can compare one of them to the Dark
0: Knight. <laughs> <laughs> you probably <laughs> did. I don't remember, but you probably did. He did. No, he is that did. where it started? That yeah, might have been the early, early gen- ones we recorded. The Genesis I of. I think Andrew was our test episode. Dark Knight comparisons. <laughs> it wasn't the first one we released, but I think it was the first we recorded.
2: Yeah, I think we had to re-record
0: it. Yeah, it was bad if I think. Yeah, which is that's what test episodes are for. Yep. Um, the more you know. One of you guys got a favorite scene.
2: So I, I picked that whole like, I guess it's not really a scene, but more of a sequence of that second night at the museum for Ben Stiller mm-hmm. because it was like, okay, I, I, I have experienced this crazy. Uh, <laughs> let's let's be outsmarted or let's outsmart the crazy. And he does it for a little bit, and then he gets outsmarted by the crazy. Yeah. And then he tries to give up, but then that caveman that leaves, he sees it turn to dust, and that really kind of, like, hits him, and it kind of changes his whole mindset, and it's like, sets things up for, like, the way that he handles stuff with his son, and, like, him as a person, that moment when that caveman turns to dust is, like, a turning point for Larry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that it, that whole, and it shows... The development of the relationship between Teddy and Larry and, and their connectivity. Um, I think there's just a lot in that whole second night that is really pivotal for this movie.
0: Yeah, he kind of has two turning points. The first one on that first night when Teddy gives him the, the little motivational speech and he convinces him to come back. And then the second night when he tries that speech again and Ben's not having it or Larry's <laughs> not having it. And then, yeah, the, the dust moment mm-hmm. he really pulled him back in. It was nice. And it was fun fun to watch as a as a viewer, um, seeing him get the upper hand and then seeing it taken away so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with the, like we said earlier, with the, with Dexter taking the keys mm-hmm. anyway, even though he got tricked for once. And then those those dumb little little toy soldiers. <laughs> he tried. He <laughs> spoke to them like like adults. Yeah. He said, "You guys got to stop this. I'll let you out." And then right. what happens? They. Freaking, go to
3: war. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic, like, parenting situation yeah. of, like, if you two can act good, then you can ha- play with all these, to- all these toys. And then you give them, like, a minute of leeway and then just, they take a mile. Um, my favorite scene, I think, um, for the sake of, of saying something kind of different, because I really like the toy soldier stuff, I like him figuring out his own way to corral the situation. I'm gonna go with sort of the turn of the seemingly for the most part uh, nice guardsmen mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke and Mickey Rooney and Bill Cobbs. Is it Cobb or just or Cobbs? Nice it's Cobbs. And um, they gave you little inklings that they know they, they there's something going on like you know that they know more than they're letting on but it's never specified if it's malicious or anything and then <clears throat> when night three comes and uh, Ben... Or I should say Larry brings his son, Nick, to the museum to see the stuff and it all goes wrong. It was uh, uh, really in, it becomes kind of a mystery that gets solved par- fairly quickly, but not in a way you kind of think is going to ha- gonna happen. Um, we, did, we don't really see Dick Van Dyke play villainous roles very often. So it's kind of fascinating to see him play this kind of like gleeful bad guy because I don't know if, I don't know if Dick Van Dyke's capable of being non-gleeful. So he played (laughs) it exactly how it works for him. And then uh, Mickey Rooney, obviously, Uh, was kind of menacing the whole time but in an old man way Mickey Rooney
2: in this movie is a living breathing version of Cotton Hill
0: what are you looking at (laughs) snack pack
2: (laughs) everything every insult that he calls somebody (laughs) is got to do with candy or food (laughs) in some way shape or form he if whenever you like see them walking away he walks and looks like Cotton Hill he doesn't have shins he's just a tiny (laughs) circular angry man he is Cotton Hill and I won't hear anything
3: of it and he makes such it's such a great <laughs> counterpart to dick van Dyke yeah. I feel bad for Bill Cobbs because he feels like an afterthought mm-hmm. in most most situations even though he's an accomplished older actor in his own right right and uh well they're two comedy legends yeah and it, so it's hard to I mean it's hard to keep up with those two it's interesting though this is the, um, the second time that they'd actually performed <laughs> to get acted together in a movie when was the it first was? one being a movie called the comic which oh. was fairly old but um anyway yeah these guys they're they have a, a diabolical scheme that they, uh, in typical bad guy, like, uh, you know, cliche bad guy fashion, they just tell Larry everything, and you kind of understand why they pick Larry, because he has the resume of a loser, so, of course, people would naturally assume that he stole the uh, tablet, uh, which they're gonna frame him for, and it gives you, all of a sudden, this movie goes from being kind of a nice fantasy thing to all of a sudden having a element of uh, suspense of are they going to get this tablet back? Are they going to get it figured out? And Larry has to use the knowledge that he's gained and work with his son to uh, fix the problem. And I like that. I like that whole turn scene.
0: Now, the first time y'all saw this movie, did any of you see that turn coming? No. Yeah, you know, because
2: I, and I think it goes to you know the Dick Van Dyke Show was not around when I was a kid. I think Andrew was the only one who was alive when that one was on,
1: Mm. Uh, Mm.
2: and its original air date. Mm. (laughs) It was too easy. It was too easy. Um, But you'd seen (laughs) you'd seen um, reruns of it on Nick at Night plus Mary Poppins, and so you just have this feel good feeling about Dick Van Dyke that you never don't trust him, Mm -hmm. and so when that shifted, it was a uh, I thought it was a pretty big surprise.
0: Yeah, I thought so. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but looking back on it, I do think they set it up well to be a surprise. Because, um, you know, a lot of times, I say a lot of times, almost all the time, this is a children's movie. Kids are watching this. They don't know who Dick Van Dyke is. Mm-hmm. They don't know his history of uh, yeah. roles he's played. Mm-hmm. I would say probably a lot of people don't. So you don't really, you don't even think about that. He just looks like a regular old man. And he's so nice leading up to it. that Yeah, you you, you don't expect him to hatch this diabolical plan to steal the the tablet
2: well and then they do kind of set it up when uh reginald makes a copy of the key yeah then you know something that's the up. first bit but I mean, like nah. yeah but you don't know who all is involved mm-hmm. like you might just think maybe it's him mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's stayed back the other two are leaving um who knows but then there were other moments where you could kind of see like dick van dyke or uh what's his name in his movie Dick Van Dyke. Cecil. Cecil, Cecil, that's it, yeah. He was out at some party, living it up, Mm -hmm. this nightlife, single guy, you know, with the wild and crazy guys kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. and he didn't really help Larry whenever he called for help, and he was more focused on doing, so they threw out little nuggets that if you're paying attention of, oh, he's not actually a good guy. But it's just real small, and you got to pick up on those context clues. Yeah. It's all covered in
3: that veneer mm-hmm. of over niceness that he has.
0: Um, there's a lot of characters in this movie, and hopefully we get some variety here. But what what is everyone? Who's everyone's favorite? Does anyone have a favorite character? Preferably not everyone say Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine uh, if everyone wants to say Teddy. Yeah. That's fine. I just was hoping for some variety.
1: I, I mean. Teddy would obviously be my first choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. My second choice. If it was a
0: draft order, if, <laughs> if it was a draft, would order. would be off the table first. I think.
1: Yeah. My, my My second choice would probably have to be the Roman, the Roman leader, Octavius. Octavius, Octavius played by Steve played Coogan. Guy.
0: Yep, Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. always
1: good. He just anything anything that uh, Steve Coogan has touched so far has not disappointed me. And this is one of those things. I mean, and it's just, it just goes to show that, that subtle humor of whenever they were there in that little model. And I think it was the second night and he was having his guards like push through the wall and said, we're trying to, we're trying to expand, you know? Mm-hmm. And, they're, yeah. and they're, they're not, they're clearly not going anywhere. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no and he calls, uh, he calls Larry Mary.
1: Yeah. Mary.
3: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's he's great. And he's a good juxtaposition to mm-hmm. Owen Wilson's Jedediah. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I was actually going to pick Owen Wilson. I think yeah. that I
2: wrote watching this movie because I feel like we all have kind of the same opinion about Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. which is not that great. He's
0: not great. Yeah. Uh, he's fine. He's,
2: yeah. He's the same person. But I felt like wow. this. Oh,
0: wow. Wow.
2: And this might be in the little hot take section, but I think this might be one of his best roles.
0: Whoa. Yeah, I think that he's. Go into that for
2: I think thanks. he's incredibly funny. I think that he does a good job of like being in opposition with Octavius, but then they find a way to bond and they like come together. Plus, he has some really like at crucial moments, like when they're driving the truck and they they all think they're dead. You actually. Or they didn't survive because they were outside whenever the sun came up and they turned to dust. And then they crawl back. You have that emotional connection with those two, as silly as this sounds. But, like, for me, I don't have a- another movie where I feel like I've connected with
3: Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch Marley and me. I, yeah. No, Look I feel like you I'll connect see, with the dog. You ever no, you, no, I think no, he's no, in, no, you need to watch might like Rocket. You might like him in Royal Tannenbaums. Bombs. You ever seen that? I have not seen that. I don't know if you would like him in or not, or not.
2: But like, oh, so I'll
0: I'll I'll, ca-
2: I'll, you mean,
3: I'll put an asterisk by this. I know
0: your what asterisk, you're gonna say.
2: What was I going? to say? Something about me not having seen Royal Tannen Bombs, right?
0: Oh no, I don't. Oh. I don't care about that movie. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say you didn't connect with Lightning McQueen. After we went through <laughs> almost no. a whole month of going no, I didn't. Oh, come on, good
3: job.
2: I did not. I did on, not connect with lightning. You're my McQueen. Friend, man. But in one movie, I connected with the toy soldier, or with the toy
1: cowboy,
3: boy, toy yeah. cowboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I so it for does, me, it, I thought
3: it was one of his better roles, and it feels like he improved a lot in this. It felt yeah, like he was I'm a lot very good. off the cuff. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a sleeper pick. I'm gonna say Ricky Gervais. That was my oh. next pick. Ricky no. Gervais was very
0: (laughs) you didn't like Ricky saving that for a hot take
3: Uh, oh okay Ricky Gervais was very uh, interesting in this because he was playing a character with like I guess I think this is kind of like a thing that some comedians like to do or some actors like to do I don't know if this how much of this was like planned or or in the script to begin with but he plays a character with a very specific character trait in that he builds up to sentences but doesn't finish them and so he would say things like do you understand if I see one more then it's (laughs) <laughs> and am I, you know, if and I'm it, not being clear? If I, am just I clear? Say it. Am I clear? You know, funny night, go, Oh, it was very funny. <laughs> it was very funny. And honestly, I have to say that <laughs> I need to come out and say something. This was actually I did not. I saw the second movie first in this series when it comes when it came to like actual first experiences. So his character was in the second one briefly, and I had no idea what he was doing or talking about, I was so confused by his character and this one, he's obviously in a lot more of. And so seeing this one and giving, getting that perspective really helps with what he's going to end up being uh, kind of reduced to more of a cameo role in those other two films. And I just thought it was an interesting decision. They, they uh, there's a lot of odd characters in this movie, whether it's Dick Van Dyke and his over positivity or Mickey Rune and his super grumpiness. Ricky Gervais being this sort of like taskmaster who is not capable of finishing sentences is really, I don't know. It stood out. I think it was, I think it was interesting. I have some stuff
2: to say, but I don't want to step on your hot take. So we'll, I'll wait and we can move
0: okay. on. Who was your favorite uh, character? Uh, I think mine was also Jedediah. So I won't, I won't <laughs> branch off on that further. I just thought he was really funny. Um, hmm. that, uh, he was, he seemed more grounded than Octavius, and I like that. Uh, he's good. He's good. With that, let's get into some, let's get in the dirt a little bit. I also like the T Rex. Oh, that's, yeah, you like, I like, Rexy? I do like Rexy? I don't think yeah. I do like Rexy. I don't know you why. You don't have to keep whispering. I don't know why I'm it's whispering. It's not an ASMR podcast.
3: <laughs> that's yeah. for the spinoff. We get a lot more listeners,
2: we too.
0: We probably would.
3: <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's um. I don't think anybody's favorite character though is unfortunately not Ben Stiller in this. It's not no, Larry.
0: I, mean, no. I don't think that's a. I don't think that should be a like a bad thing. He's he's good in it. Mm-hmm. There's no I don't have an issue with Ben Stiller. I just don't think he's the shining well, star of the movie. He's
3: kind of playing no. straight to most of the other characters yeah, in yeah. this who are playing sort of larger than life or over the top exactly. characters.
0: Um, hmm. least favorite parts of the movie. Literally
3: anything. Anything with the kid.
2: Literally anything with the child (laughs) You know,
0: I would agree. He's bad.
2: Yeah. Like, Like, listen, I know this is a kid movie, and, like, I don't want to harp on this kid too much. But, like, you're going to get a movie with Robin Williams, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Dick Van Dyke, all these big-name people, and you're not going to cast a good child actor when this is a kid's movie? Come on.
0: I mean, most of them aren't good.
1: There's better ones than him. Yeah, like, I, I would agree because... Man, that kid got annoying after a while. Like, I mean... He didn't emote. No, he had no he had no emotion. He wasn't very well developed. I will no, say, he wasn't. like, and but He's almost forgotten yeah, a little uh, bit into the movie. And and, and and also, like, you know, Ben Stiller screws up once, and then all of a sudden it's just like he's pissed off at the world. And I don't want to go with you, Dad. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's thrust into the plot. Yeah. It, I, I feel like... I, I, Anyway,
2: also my, my he husband. wants to be a bond trader. Like I get that this guy that's around is a nice guy, but
3: like who what kid in their right mind goes, "You know what I want to be? A <laughs> bond, bond trader. trader." You know, and it feels like they picked the most boring sounding job, but also when 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 uh whatever character first says that he's a bond trader, I kind of thought, "Don. Man, that's a think. that's a job that does not sound easy like i don't understand bonds mm. or stock market or anything like that like i realize that this guy's being made out to look really boring but i have to imagine that's a lot of hard work whatever yeah. that job is yeah so i was just kind of like kid you're setting yourself up for a really big <laughs> like a really tough job to do how that's what you want to do how old is the kid like 11
0: 8 9 10 maybe, maybe you're probably closer to right <laughs> okay because like <laughs> i don't know i mean, I mean he looks yeah he's probably he's probably general 11 somewhere yeah, yeah i don't cause know because like, cause like you know, t- t-
1: a 10 year old saying, I want to be a bond trader. That just doesn't sound realistic yeah.
0: to me. Yeah.
1: Well, but, and I think I, that's. I mean, like, I mean, like, most 10 year olds are just like, well, I want to be a firefighter. I want True. to be a policeman. I want to be an astronaut. And I get that. That's sort of the point is that is that
3: it's supposed to sound. is that he? I, I, they're trying to portray Nick, the character, as a kid who is not, I don't know, Is is. Very intelligent, but is clearly being more influenced by his his quote-unquote new dad more than, say, uh, more than Larry. You know what it's very similar to? It's very similar to Charlie and the Santa Claus. Thank you. How he okay, I was waiting
0: for a break because I was going to go into this. I said that yesterday when we watched it. I wanted to branch off into this further because this is... Directly related to Miley's favorite thing about the movie, which is the whole family dynamic.
3: Oh, man. I was, um, that was going to be my it take. It is extremely
0: similar to the Santa Claus. Yeah. In that the you have a divorced dad who is separate from the rest of the family now. Right. Who is the mom and a stepfather or boyfriend. I don't remember if they said mm-hmm. they were married. And the, and the one son. And that whole collective, for some reason, thinks the father is worthless.
3: Yeah. And yeah. I'm
0: not sure why. Yeah, Because while I understand that in this movie, Larry goes from job to job, yeah. I mean, he still has a home and is He's, dressed and everything.
2: He seems to have some instability, in though. Santa yeah, but he Claus, almost got evicted again.
0: And in the Santa Claus, Tim Allen is literally like an executive at a toy company, but also yeah. wasn't good enough for their son somehow.
3: Yeah, So there's similar dynamics. It's there. a situation of being too busy versus not being busy yes. enough.
0: And I don't like this, I- this idea that pops up in these type of movies of like, Dad's just not good enough for our kid anymore. It's It's just—it's kind of mean.
1: Well, there's no, there's. It's just like what I said just a second ago. There's no development. There's There's not development. There's there's, there's no development. They just—we're just—we're just left to assume that everybody just hates the dad because he's a dumbass.
2: But they're also being, like, nice to him. So, like, the yeah. mom starts off really nice and, like, supportive of, like, normally I wouldn't say anything, but we have a kid, and you can do whatever you
0: want, but, like, also you can't. Right. She yeah. is, but it's almost, yeah. it's condescending that way. Almost.
3: Yeah, early, two, or you know, mid-2000s Judy Greer is very kind to him. And, <laughs> and I think, honestly, as far as, I, I'm really tired of, nah, nah, this is gonna sound weird. This might be my hot take. But I'm genuinely tired of Divorced storylines in movies as like setups for, uh, I don't winning know, your grow- child back yeah, winning something? your child back or growth. It's like I I, I understand that they're I, I I'm for the most part, my families that are totally like I guess together in that sense are more rare than they used to be, and more kids there are more kids of divorce these days than uh, probably any other time in uh, American history, but. It just feels like a trope of like, oh, we need a kid to only have one parent in the movie, so they'll just make them divorced, or, yeah. or will we? We need the we need a dad to get his to, to earn his father's son or it, it, his, his father's son love. his son's love, or his daughter's appreciation or something like that. And it's always easier to do that if they're not always together. So it, it's it is annoying, but it is. But and I bring up Charlie because it was that same situation. Maybe like he wanted if he his dad, he told his dad he wanted to be a psychiatrist when he grows up, and it's like no. Seven-year-old should want to be a psychiatrist. Like yeah. that's such a I did. boring
0: thing. That, well, <laughs> it's the same concept as the bond. Tree. Exactly. Like, no kid wants to it, be. I this. think, and
3: that's what's the absurdity of that is supposed to be what would inspire him to be more present in his kid's life. Yeah. Or he seems to be fairly present in his kid's life. He just doesn't seem to be a good role model. So, so I guess that's the inspiration. So in addition to you saying it felt like
2: uh the Santa Claus, I. I said that it was uh, like a live-action Toy Story, but I also added a, a, a sub. What it feels like? It's like if Toy Story met Mrs. Doubtfire, because the because Larry is. But we have
0: another example of a, of a divorced father.
2: father, and he's got more characteristics to Mrs. to um, Robin Williams' character and Mrs. Doubtfire than he does with uh, Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, because Tim Allen has that job, right. whereas robin williams's character was bouncing around from whatever to to whatever and then he created and stumbled into this fantasy of whimsical wonder which is kind of what happened here Mm
3: -hmm. and then
2: everything coming to life is the toy story aspect of it
3: yeah Yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison and that's a good you know like mrs doubtfire is a good template for all the things we were kind of talking about anyway with the divorce situation how the kids get mad at him because yeah. he keeps messing up, and that like, was something. I, like, yeah,
2: Santa Claus. Was, Mrs. No matter Mrs. what Dalfire, he does, too, stuff, No matter yeah. what
0: kind of cool thing he does, the kid is still like, I'm not impressed.
3: That no. was something I did appreciate about this film is that they didn't make the 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 ex wife or the new husband like outright rude to him. Mm-hmm. Paul, Rudd, Anything, was nice yeah, Paul yeah, Rudd was very yeah, nice, man. Yeah, Paul Rudd was very nice. His his wife was very diplomatic about what she was saying. She wasn't like hysterical or angry with him that he uh, lost oh, another you didn't job. Use levels of Santa
0: Claus where they no. were like.
3: Where they were like cowardly concerned, yeah. Where that like you should yeah, not maybe around our son.
0: Yeah,
3: like they were like it was very passive aggressive, and this was just kind of like you could be considered genuine concern. Just like look, you you're getting evicted like once every five months, and I just don't think that's healthy for mm-hmm. Nick to be li- with living with you sometimes, and sometimes have to like move around. Um, Nick is a kid, so he obviously says things that are like way too blatant. He was it, he is kind of the the most the least annoying. The most annoying character in the movie because he does just come right out and say things which is often a trait of kids they just say things and it sounds rude but it's kind of like they don't know they don't realize they're being that rude um but i do like that you know by the end of the movie larry kind of gets his situation figured out and
0: yeah he's got and, a job and a solid job he's brought new interest to the museum mm-hmm. accidentally but still mm-hmm. perhaps a new girlfriend Perhaps a new girlfriend. In we'll Colorado, see how long that Argentina. lasts.
2: Mm-hmm. He, ought, he also brought us the wonderful, amazing, best actor Rami Malek.
0: I, oh yes. you want to bring that up? <laughs> yeah,
2: that was, the, Malek that, was a, uh, surprise. that was a, yeah. I think that was a, I think that was the second biggest surprise
0: next. Paul, yeah, Academy Award winner Rami Malek doing his best Freddie Mercury as a Pharaoh. <laughs> 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 it was no different. Yeah, I just don't see the range in the man. I guess. Boys, this, you did, this was you hate ish. <laughs> He, he did, did though, didn't yeah. he? Well, I mean, you did, well, he did it without the prosthetics. He did, did it without
1: the prosthetics, and he didn't hear the, the nice Queen songs. Yeah, he's
3: a uh, you know playing well, he a, wouldn't have, a he didn't slightly see the movie, but that's Eng- one playing kind of an English influenced Egyptian. Uh yeah. fairly young in this role, I think. I think he's in oh, his yeah. mid twenties he here.
0: Obviously, pre Mister Robot when he hit big. Yeah. So this was he was wasn't right, in right a, no name yet.
3: This was between he was on the TV show with Michael Rapaport, The War at Home. This is after that, and this is. Yeah, before, I don't even know what his next biggest thing would have been after this. I remember seeing a, 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 a complaint. I read a complaint years ago. People were complaining that they had this Egyptian pharaoh and they whitewashed him. And then other people started like yelling at the people who were complaining, going, "Rami Malik's actually Egyptian American." Wait, like, people were
0: saying that Rami Malik was an example of whitewashing. Yeah, because
3: he, they, in their opinion, he was too white, but he's literally like half Egyptian, half mm-hmm. Syrian or something, or various other uh, ethnic groups from that area.
1: So he's not aged.
3: No, he's he's a he does
1: look the same. He's a good-looking yeah.
3: guy, you know, and and I think they really wanted that. Juxtaposition when he pulls that hood off, they wanted somebody who did not look like a scary mummy. They wanted somebody who looked like a yeah, trusting young man,
0: the, the son of Egyptian immigrants. That is interesting that people would say that about him. Yeah. People don't know.
3: They he,
2: just they just spout off.
3: There are times when they don't know his history. There are times where in attempts to uh, curte- in attempts to you know sort of uh, be on the side of diversity, some people just don't do the research and they go too far with things. And they thought Rami Malik just looked like some guy they put a lot of bronzer on or something. They, I don't know.
0: They immigrated from Cairo in, in 1978, just a few years before he was born. Yeah, and
3: he's got an identical twin.
0: I didn't know that either. Well, yeah. fun facts about Rami Malek on so, today's So Many Sequels. Yeah,
2: there's podcast. two of them. There's one more thing that I had a problem with, and I feel like it's only something that you and I will understand. Oh, okay. Is uh, after, on the third night, when Larry has brought Nick into the museum and they find out the, the plot of the security guards, uh-huh. and Mickey Rooney, or Gus, starts beating up Larry, there's a scene... Where Larry is on the on all fours on the ground, and Gus climbs some kind of a thing, and he jumps off and he yells "Pile driver!" Oh. and he <laughs> elbows him in the back <laughs> of the neck. That's an elbow drop. That's not a pile that is driver. Not a pile driver. If you're gonna use the terminology, use it correctly. Now, That's yeah. Not in the a middle of that part, driver.
3: he just goes, "That's not a pile driver." <laughs> if he had grabbed him. If he, I thought of the exact same this thing. Not a pile he, driver. He yelled "Pile driver!" and I went, well. He's
0: an old man. He's, he's an old man. Know.
3: I was like, "A pile?" If he held him. In a, in a sort of like a, a hugging position that yeah. dropped him on his head. That's a pile driver. In the elbow drop, we'd be just as angry. <laughs> you could have done the macho man thing. Yeah, it's, no, you can't. Anyway,
0: that's, that's just for me. Yeah. Me. That's Any, for me any me. more that is uh, least favorite things before we go into oh. hot takes, which is almost always also least favorite things? No, I don't really have you one. No one has a positive hot take, really.
3: No, I don't have like a least favorite scene because honestly, even though... You guys brought up the kid, the uh, like the, uh, the scenes where... They were trying to reconcile with his kid. Yeah. And those were slow, but nothing in this was, like, glaringly awful to me. Like, there was nothing that was, like, nah. just no. it awful dialogue or anything like that. I mean, even a situation where the Ricky Gervais character could be perceived as being really hard to listen to, yeah. it was still kind of like he, he's consistent through the movie. It wasn't like one scene was just really weird. They, they kept that character trait up. So... Yeah, I mean, if I had a, and a, a plus I'd say that, or another plus I'd say the move the music's really good for this movie. Pluses are good. We talk mm-hmm. about
0: pluses. Um. Well, and on a note of the dialogue, I I learned I did not know this until watching it this most recent time. Uh, this movie movie was based on a, a 1993 children's book, but the script was written by Thomas Lennon and Robert Ben Garrett mm-hmm. of Reno 911 fame. Yeah, that's true. They both co-created that show. Uh, Robert oh. Ben Garrett played. Uh, d- uh, Lieutenant Junior on the show mm-hmm. the guy with the mustache yeah and well, the, Lennon, the, the, the
1: uh,
3: big Lieutenant
0: black mustache so I saw that the other
3: those two wrote this movie yeah.
2: they wrote
0: all three they wrote
3: months. all three yeah. listen Thomas Lennon
2: and is a genius and I won't an hear extremely talented it. man He's a big fan he, yeah. he was an executive he produced um, At Midnight which is one of Comedy Central's best shows in my opinion mm-hmm. um, Reno 911 obviously he was in The Odd Couple which was underrated with him and Matthew Perry uh, he does a lot of Secret things that we may not know about, and then when you find out, you go, "Oh my, oh my goodness, that's really surprising!" But
3: he's he's very very talented, and he's kind of like Jack McBrayer. He has one of the best voices in hollywood guy, like yeah, it's I just it. so yeah you can like pick him out of a lineup he's in the movie uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy mm. he plays the voice of the computer and he's just so ridiculously upbeat it's a really upbeat computer and i was just like the second i heard him i was like oh it's dangle cool.
1: <laughs> uh, who, who who are you talking about uh is it thomas, thomas lennon? lennon yeah, thomas lennon, yeah. Okay. i've actually been a fan of the uh, i've actually known them since personally, birth, no, no,
3: <laughs> their birth. Not
2: Back yours. when you
1: were on Reno nine one one, you were like their grandpa, <laughs> yes, right?
3: Was, yeah, sure. He played <laughs> Nisi Nash's character when
1: they were when they <laughs> did the when they did a show on MTV TV called The State. Yes, yeah, and I and that show has been has always stuck with me. It's kind of a cult, kind of a cult show, and it's the humor in it was just so bizarre, but it was really funny. And this came around in time when I was a little kid. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but I kind of like it. It's kind of a precursor to Reno 911. Yeah, because yeah. like a few, because they had they had the state, and then they did something with Comedy Central for a, for a little bit, and then they went near Reno 911.
0: Yeah, the state was in uh, MTV's weird experimental phase of the '90s, mm-hmm. where they a lot of real like gems came out of that period of time mm-hmm. for that network. Well, the, the state's s- one of the them. state. And Beavis and ben. Ren and Stempy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we'll actually see a um, we'll actually see a cameo from those two in the next film.
1: Nice.
0: Um, let's talk about some hot takes then. I know we I know we all got some. Um, mine is mine. I'll just start with uh, Ricky Gervais, who I felt like. Um, so I had to I had to take a step back and look at it in perspective a little bit. This is 2006. Ricky Gervais is not very popular in the United States yet. Mm-hmm. The the British office hasn't really. I don't think crossed the pond at this point quite mm-hmm. yet. It was only a few years after it ended.
3: I think the American office had only been on one for a few years. Think, it? Yeah.
0: Maybe one or two seasons. Cause I think it started in no five. Um, he'd only done, I think this was only his fourth film and it was his first major film. Mm-hmm. So people don't know Ricky Gervais. I get it. I felt he was underutilized in the movie and I felt his out. His only purpose was to be a foil to basically fire him once. Mm-hmm. Um, which lasted a whole of 30 seconds, really. Mm -hmm. So he didn't ultimately serve any purpose in the film because the firing never lasted. It never was a catalyst. Right. And if it had been a catalyst, I could have seen it. But I felt like if you took him out of the movie, the movie doesn't really change. And that is sad to have be Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's true a more throwaway I don't, I don't want to say throwaway actor a more maybe less talented actor yeah, or someone who I, Ricky's just too talented to put in a role that didn't ultimately need to be there
2: right he also tends to play that same part in a lot of movies mm-hmm. so I first the ghost town is the one that comes into mind where mm-hmm. he just there, there are many times in movies that I've seen or TV shows that I've seen where he will do that stammer, stutter, step and not be able to finish a sentence. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that's not him in real life because he does not stop talking. <laughs> uh, which is fine. I could listen to him talk and laugh all of the all of the live long days. But that is also something that he I've noticed that he tends to do. But again, being one of his first roles in America, it it makes sense. I just know that having seen that, I felt like I had seen him do it before.
0: Yeah. 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 We probably have uh, in hindsight, though, this yes, would have been like exactly. the first time. Yeah, it,
2: rewatching like, it, you have a different.
3: Yeah, no, it's uh, that makes sense because they yeah. definitely needed a, like an authority yeah. figure for him to buck up against, I guess, in some way. Maybe, and uh, because otherwise,
0: but did they also at the same time?
3: Well, I guess because otherwise they needed a reason, and I guess they didn't. But like, it would be it would be weird for those moments where everybody's like gosh he would get fired instantly if, yeah. if whoever's running this place came in the next day and the desk has been uprooted you know and, and stuff like and, that
1: and, and but, I guess there needs to be some sort of a confrontation there Yeah, the conversation so, but, lasts,
0: or it takes place elsewhere though because Ricky's big moment is firing him right but then not firing him and so it all gets tied up in uh Nikki saying I heard your boss fire you and Larry goes no he didn't it's a misunderstanding and then like the pl- that whole plot line ends and Ricky's was
3: pointless. Well, and then he—they had the moment at the end where he's gonna fire him right. for all the shenanigans news, that happened in the snow, out. and then but then like they get a big boost mm-hmm. in in attendance, so all of a sudden it's like, well, all right, fine, you're still hired. And uh, but I do know—I I looked up, and I don't know if this really—if this really makes an excuse for it. But they said that when they first were doing this script, the first person to sign on was Ben Stiller. And when they started sending out scripts to different people to, you know, rec- hope get them to audition, they said that it was way easier to cast after Ben Stiller signed. Really? Like I'm everybody sure. who wanted, everybody who's in this movie basically wanted to work with Ben Stiller. So that might be Ricky Gervais's. Like he was like, "I'll take any any role you give me in the movie," and he didn't really make like any sort of. Uh, any really any any real demands he may have just want to be in this movie at all costs like it didn't matter what role I think that you could have
2: replaced Ricky and just added his character to Carla G- G- yeah she could have done that. I don't know her, I don't know her last name. I don't know G- You know I can't say it I went with a word I know I can say um, <laughs> she could have yeah that's there true. there could have been a they you could have still had the romantic interest Um Between them, they had that chemistry. That first night didn't go so well or whatever. She kind of warns him. And then it goes, you know what? I'm even going to help you. Um, I'm going to take you out to coffee and we're going to talk about this and and how you can learn a little bit more about what you're doing. And then after that second night of catastrophic chaos, she has this, like, I got to fire you, but I know that's going to mess with our relationship and we have a connection but I have to, and then he could have been like, just give me one more chance, and that would have given that relationship a little bit more of a stronghold, especially at the end, because you see her in the Charlie Murphy cab, and she (laughs) sees the T-Rex walk by or something, and he had tried to explain that things were coming to life. She obviously thought he was crazy. She would have seen that, and then would have been like, oh my God, what is happening and there could have been that little dynamic there, and then more people come, and they're both happy, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And so I think that you could have moved Ricky into her and had the
3: same effect. It's not a better effect. It's a good idea. Andrew, do you got a hot take?
1: Yeah, we need some more hot takes before we
0: move on. I really don't have a hot take on this. Well, I, I do. I, no I, moments I, where you were like, hey, wait a minute. Or something that like stuck out that you never noticed before. I got a short one. I mean, that's yeah, fine. You don't
1: the, have to. The only,
0: the only hot take. You I, do, you do, though.
1: The only hot take I really, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only hot take I really have is that, like, you know, it's with the Roman guard, mm-hmm. Roman guard, and Jedediah. Yeah. And they're they're arguing with each other, and then all of a sudden, towards the end, they're driving the remote control car.
0: Hey, they went through hell and back for each other. That's why they they came together over this war. Sure, come together but, right now.
1: But my thing is, is that. How did <laughs> what's how did the uh, Octavius? Mm-hmm. How did he learn to drive? That's yeah, your complaint. Owen was not driving. that it's a, not yes. that it's a
3: remote control car. How that's are they operating thought. it from the inside? Yes, they See, don't you know. have the remote. There's
0: yes. no gas in the
3: thing. When I was watching, I
0: thought that's not how remote control cars are. Yes, Man, there's, there's
3: no interior. There's no cell accelerator they can be pressing in there, mm-hmm. and they. The odds of the, I don't even think they can open the door on most RC cars. No. But it was, but I like, for you, it's how did this, how did this a- action figure based on a, that's the based cl- on a
1: fourth century that's the, that's Roman. The, that's the closest thing I can come to a hot take on. All that right. Because, I got, I got that, that, one. That, yeah. We're ignoring you. No, we're not. We are. Well,
2: uh, slow Tuesday. So my main thing was the timeline of this movie took place in three days. I know. Mm-hmm. So he got this job. Didn't know nothing. Mm. Went through hell on this first night. Decided to come back. And from the from the time that his first shift ended to the time that his second shift started, he went to coffee with Carla's character yes. and learned all of this stuff. He went to the library and learned all of this stuff. He read all of this stuff on his own and became an expert in every single thing. And, and then he figured out enough ways to home alone all of these... Uh, chores that he lost on the first day and when when did he sleep? That's what I was going to ask. That's was some like, coffee. He, didn't have,
1: time <laughs> he to sleep. didn't have time to sleep and not just that, he doesn't even seem whimmed. Yeah, like, he's totally fine. <laughs> he, totally he doesn't have any, yeah. he's like,
2: he comes in like, I'm going to get you guys now. I've home alone to all this stuff. Yeah. I got a remote control car that's going to carry the bone. I got these baby keys. Where'd he get the baby keys? And how did he decide that all of this stuff was going to happen like that? I'd say, what—that well, was some coffee he drank.
0: Yeah,
2: it was like right got to be coffee Red Bull mixture. But I that was that. that was my main thing of like, yeah. this is he learned sleight of hand magic.
3: Yeah, <laughs> three days
2: was
0: yours.
3: So mine is really simple, and it's not—I don't know if I call it a hot take. Just it's just something that I was like very quickly annoyed by is the during on each of these three nights, there's a massive mess, massive mess all over the museum every night. Like I get. The museum guy coming up and going, "Hey, you messed with one of the exhibits here. It looks like you put one of the Roman guys in the stockade. Don't be doing that." But how is Ben Stiller getting this mess cleaned up? Yep. I mean, there's like papers strewn about. There's a there's there's a fire extinguisher residue everywhere, and uh, he literally a fire happens in the in the caveman exhibit. Mm-hmm. How is any of this stuff getting straightened out by the time that people, like, by the time the sun comes up and his morning shift starts coming in? It's just, like, a lot is assumed. We have to kind of, like, suspend disbelief even more than I feel like normal for a movie where things come to life. Because it's, like, the things come to life and then, like, leave a mess and then he just, he just manages to get everything looking close enough to write that the only thing that the guy notices is a tiny t- tiny change to the roman uh, and cowboy exhibit yeah. yeah like how did he and the desk gets completely destroyed by the dinosaur at one point and i was like right. that's a lot of money like yep. that's that's a couple hundred bucks right there to fix that so i don't normally get uh, bogged down with those sort of complaints, but I but I was just kind of thinking like, there's a
1: there's a lot of collateral damage going on right now. There is. Uh, to kind of piggyback off of that, my only thing is this: is that in buildings like that, especially that are that you want to keep under wraps. How is he the only one working there? Uh-huh. Number one. Number two... Downsized. downsized, yeah. I Sure. There well, were three guards. Oh, okay. And they downsized the one. Two, they don't have any security cameras? Like, yeah. recording uh-huh. any of this stuff? And three... So yeah, they don't have any cameras. Like, what? surely there has to be, like, a janitorial crew. Yeah.
0: I mean... They yeah, already, there are, they, because we they, know they, they that have, the other three become janitors. Yeah. Okay. They say in the credits... Yeah. You can hear them talking about how they he, it was nice of... Larry not to turn them in and now they're janitors. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're right. There would have to be janitors before. I don't know. Yeah. There right. had to be no, no, some no. previous janitors. Uh, okay. Well, I didn't see that part. Yeah, it's in the credits. It's not even on screen. It's like audio. Yeah, yeah. But oh. I think
3: there's like two post credit or dur- mid, like during the credits moments, and okay. that's one of them. I can't remember what the other one was now. No, well,
1: I didn't pay attention to that, man.
3: But um, yeah, those are my so, hot takes. Oh, and uh, not to mention, or uh, well, the towards the end of that third night, one of those big jackal statues just destroys a door, yeah. in, like a gate. You know, so like it's, how is it getting away with all these, ma- like these m- major to minor destruction that's happening to the museum? So
2: I have one question to pose before we move on to everyone. Let's say we lived in a world where all of this is possible. Let's say we got a job at the museum.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All the stuff came to life. We went through hell. We had a friendship with Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> and then he inspired us to finish the day or whatever. Would you go back for day two? Yep.
0: Even so at, something incredible, even,
2: absolutely. Even after the first night, whenever all of this stuff happened,
3: you'd go back for night two. I'd have to go back for night two just to make sure I was real. I would go probably go to a doctor on day two. <laughs> you, yeah, you'd be in and such a then state. I, but I wouldn't quit mostly just because, like, uh, you know, if you get fired, you get severance. So, <laughs> <That too. laughs> so you might as well get fired for not showing up a couple nights. Yeah. But yeah, I would. It'd be too interesting. And with the exception of like the the T Rex chasing you. And the Mongolians, or not the That's Mongolians, true. the Huns, yeah. you know, they, uh, th- those are the, like everything else was fairly tame. Except for the I don't the understand lions. why he didn't shut those lion gates faster. Yeah. He like shut himself in with the lions. Yeah, that was a bad decision. What about you?
1: I think I would go home and take a shower first. And then <laughs> I would go, I would go back just to be like, what's up, Teddy? Yeah. And talk with him a little bit and uh, see what else the museum has to offer. Interesting. Yeah.
0: That, yeah. I don't, that know, would be I don't me. know.
1: My first instinct was, hell no, I'm not going back. I went through all that stuff, and
2: I get paid 1150.
1: No, nah, I ain't yeah. going back. It is a lot for 1150. Yeah. But you know what? You get to talk with all these people and see all these things, but they're not real. And you're getting paid for it. Even Teddy Roosevelt was like, I was made in Poughkeepsie. But they I, have the knowledge. I, I'll tell you what I would do.
3: I would be way more forceful with the three guards who gave me this job. Yeah. Because they were not helpful at all. No. And obviously, I guess they had no intention to be helpful. Like, don't feed the lions. <laughs> yeah. They or were or like, lock the like lions do you in. have a, another copy of those instructions? And they were like, nope. Go uh, go, figure it out. Yeah. You, know, like, you know, like, even, like, he didn't know at the time that they were obviously trying to, uh, they didn't care about his well-being. But, like, I would have been like, uh, no, you're not leaving. You're going through this. We're walking through this place. You're going step by step with me now. Like, I get that you didn't want to tell me on the first night, but... Seriously, well, you're walking me through step-by-step step what you guys do every night now, mm-hmm. because that, that it's, it's too ludicrous and to, to try to figure all this stuff out on your own. Yeah.
0: Uh, I also want to point out, I had to, for historical context a little bit, just to make sure, uh, in 2006, the federal minimum wage in the United States was $5.15, so he was getting paid well, considering. No, oh. that's fair. man. <laughs> alright uh, I mean <laughs> it sounds bad but Still $5 in was minimum but in New York is
1: that is that it may what, have been different was that, New- that, that was, that was that federal New minimum York? wage well, it's, it's probably well that's also a federal no that's a state job because he's working at a natural history museum that's a I think that's a state institution yeah that's
3: probably right but I would imagine to even eleven fifty an hour in uh, in New York City in New York, York not City good. probably I, I <laughs> probably tell you
0: not. minimum wage in New York City now is not even that much so wow Okay. All right. Let's move on to the box office, shall we? Uh,
3: All right. So Night of the Museum, as we said, was released uh, in 2006, December 22nd, uh, just in time for the Christmas weekend to cash in on all that holiday money. It made $250 million in in the United States. $323 $323 million overseas, bringing its worldwide total to $574 million.
0: That's impressive. That's nice.
3: Uh, and a little bit of. You know, what was bit, the budget? A little bit of change left over. The budget is not information that I have currently on my ready. <laughs> okay.
0: It's not listed on Box Office Mojo.
3: But um, let me see here. So it opened, like I said, the weekend of December 22nd and was the number one movie that weekend, bringing in $30 million. Uh, Other movies that were in the box office that weekend were The Pursuit of Happiness Mm. uh, in its second week, may bring in about $14 Rocky Balboa, the, as of right now, last film in the Rocky franchise, I believe, if you don't count the Creed movies. Uh, The Good Shepherd, Charlotte's Web, rounds out the uh, uh, 2006 version of Charlotte's Web, rounds out the, the number five spot. Also there were Aragon, We Are Marshall, Happy Feet, The Nativity Story, and the
0: holiday kind of a slow christmas season for Yet, movies yeah,
2: not the biggest christmas season this was the big one i think because i remember going and seeing we used to go see movies on new year's eve with like the whole family and so i think this is a movie that we saw on new year's eve or somewhere around that time some other
3: interesting box office stats this is the highest or this is sorry the second highest grossing film for ben stiller and behind uh, Meet the Fockers and in between Madagascar 3. So, you got probably his three biggest franchises right uh, right together there in the top. And it is the um, unadjusted for inflation. It's the highest grossing film starring Robin Williams. Wow. At oh, uh, $250 yeah. million, it's just a little over Miss Doubtfire and Aladdin. Um, adjusted for inflation, obviously, those other two films pass it by um, with Night of the Museum falling in number three. But uh, those are, uh, in my opinion, the two sort of bigger lead actors of this film. So mm-hmm. I kind of looked up their individual That's stats bad. for that. And um, yeah, so uh, not a lot of franchises for either one of those two, but it's, um, it's, a, it's a good race for that. It's a, it's a pretty, good, uh, pretty good indicator of the films they succeeded most at. Yeah. All right. Well,
0: let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game then.
3: We got a new trick with this. The
0: yeah, yeah, so winner trick. gets a prize. Right,
3: so I know the score currently.
2: Yeah, uh, Y'all are going to guess. Whoever gets closest gets to run the game next week. There's stuff on the line. And audience yeah. members are always welcome to guess. I welcome them. Please shout out your guesses. We can't hear you, but you know...
3: Yes. <laughs> if you beat us and yeah. let us know Maybe. at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod I wish right? we had a way Thanks. to give out the prize uh, give out a prize for people who get it right but unfortunately well they uh, yeah, that costs money we can't do that well they'll know the answer whenever yeah. they tell whenever, they, whenever the podcast <laughs> that's true yeah. so they just write it in and they look it up like Andrew they would be cheating <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what do you got what do you got for me I'm gonna guess
3: 84 84
2: Ooh. that's a high end that's okay. high. way higher than I starting go. out the box high I was gonna go
1: for like sixty five. Oh, sixty five. That's, that's middle ground there. there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna do 68. sixty you know what I'm eight. Sixty okay. eight. Yeah, All right. She's she's
2: <laughs> so, and recapping, David, is it currently where? Eighty four. Eighty four. Sixty five. Sixty five and sixty eight. Man, y'all think All this right. movie did not do real great? Critics' consensus: Parents might call this either a spectacle-filled adventure or a shallow and vapid CG fest depending on whether they choose to embrace this
3: on the same level as their kids.
2: Oh, now I
0: think it's lower. <laughs> yeah,
3: I do too. Damn. I'm gonna lower, but I'm not gonna go that low, though. I'm gonna go with 75. Drops it to
0: 75, so I Andrew. think it's still somewhat beloved. I'm gonna go with 58. 58. Oh, man. I hate going this, clo- this close Sticking to thinking the to sixty, yeah. But I'm gonna go to 60, because I think it's enough to just be on the line of still fresh. Okay. I don't think it'll be rotten.
2: Okay. Okay. So,
0: final answers, no other changes? No.
2: Okay. What did I say? 75. 75, 58, 58, and 60. 60. Audience, this is your last chance to shout it out at what you think, 1 to 100 scale. Ninth Museum, number one. Forty three percent.
0: Whoa, whoa, super low. You got. it. Whoa, hit us with that audience. Sixty seven. That makes more sense. Sixty seven. Wow, that's but absurd. Forty
3: three. Goodness. Out of
2: one hundred and thirty four well, we critiques.
0: As soon as they said shallow and vapid.
3: Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna. It was gonna crater that low though. I when just... I when I saw it earlier, I was. I think I audibly
2: so,
0: gasped. What this do we do This franchise is
3: fairly well
2: beloved.
0: No one was closest without going over. So who won? Is it just
3: whoever was, was the closest.
2: So, so Andrew
0: Andrew wins. Andrew wins. So Andrew will win, will run the game for next week's episode. Okay. So will win,
3: will week's episode. <laughs> okay. I feel like Andrew kind of outright. <laughs> Congratulations! Wins, oh, Andrew right. had the, like, the lowest score no matter what, didn't he? Like <laughs> yep. whatever like his first guest was the lowest of those three.
1: So 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 the, so the critic
3: score is forty-three. Forty-three percent. That's, really That's really bad. I was really surprised. This movie's not that bad. No. no, it's not. I thought
1: no. No, I thought it would
3: higher than that. Okay. How many critic reviews are 140? 134.
2: 134. Wow. So, oh, hey, hey, Andrew. The first review I see says Dark Knight of the Soul is more <laughs> like it. <laughs> now, it's N-I-G-H-T, but still, it made me laugh. <laughs> um, this review says what a dull, nice movie.
0: That's not dull. Did they see the scene where he slaps a monkey? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, these are not great. Okay. I wonder, and are these are a lot of these uh, of in two thousand six? That is a good question. Two thousand seven, two thousand seven, two thousand seven. So, yeah. part of me wonders how much is influenced by recent events when these types of movies come out too. Because if you were to, I think, look up a review for any Adam Sandler movie that came out from 2007 to 2011, it's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. Because people have just gotten used to this idea that Adam Sandler movies are bad. Maybe people were kind of waning on Ben Stiller in that time, in frame, 2006, were, 2007.
2: Though, in the, the 2000, what'd you say for Adam Sandler? Like 2007 to
3: 2012. Those are bad. I know, but <laughs> I'm saying it's like, it, the, he did himself no favors by putting out so many right in a row yeah, that are yeah, bad. I think yeah. it's and, audience
0: scores that are most likely to be affected by time. Because yeah. critics don't... You're not often going back and reviewing old movies no. and submitting so that's, them to, to Rotten Tomatoes. So people might have
3: been generally kind of sure. like over Ben Stiller
0: movies at this point. Uh, I don't know. So we all disagree pretty heartily with what that turned out to be. What do we... How, how do we all rank it out of uh, sets of Baby Keys? <laughs> how many sets of Baby Keys? I'll
1: give it three out of... Three... I'll give it three out of five. Yeah. Okay.
2: Same. I'd go with three. Yeah, I think I originally had 3.5, and then this discussion in the
3: middle of it, I deleted the 0. .5. <laughs> I, I got to say the same. Like, it's, I don't think this is a bad movie. No. I enjoyed watching it. I think it's nice. It's a it's a family film. Yeah. It's very- It'd be
0: great to see uh, for Christmas, the yeah. holiday break. Yeah. It's yeah.
3: A, it's heartwarming. There's nothing offensive about it. It's not like, uh, it's not- stupid humor necessarily i mean there's a slap fight but it's not like it's hilarious it's not it's it's not a poop fight you know or something like too immature so you know and i think that i think it's kind of carried by a lot of like fun comedic performances um with ben stiller being kind of the most the most uh dull but so yeah i give it a three out of five i give it i mean i'd give it i'd give it what i gave it which was a 75 percent but uh, that would require giving it a few extra notches up.
0: Right. I, I, I'm i going to go with everyone else and say 3 out of 5 is, is the right thing okay. for this movie. I think you said it right. Okay. Well, that wraps up Night at the Museum, I think. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Okay. Sure. The sun so we'll, has our, risen, our, sun we are risen. done. Um. Next week, we will be back with the sequel to this yeah. movie.
3: Do you think this movie justified sequels yet? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I... Yeah, it didn't like necessarily like make it obvious. Mm -hmm. There's not like a cliffhanger or like uh, any like plot points that are left open, Mm -hmm. but it did. There's plenty of room for one. And I feel like I was left wanting to see more of that world. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: And uh, it's a fascinating idea. And it's kind of one of those things. It's like it's too fascinating to just kind of let sit forever. And uh, it made two hundred fifty million dollars in the United States. I mean, holiday, holiday, you know, release or not, that's a good amount of money. It's not. Yeah. It, I, I, think it was worth pursuing to try to see, you know, what else they could get out of this. And they brought back all their same creative team. You know, they brought back the same writers, mm-hmm. and I believe the same director for the second one. So yeah, same director. So, you know, when you got the whole creative team back together, it's worth it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back next week with Night of the Museum: Battle of the Smithsonian. That sounds exciting already. I like it better. Oh, okay.
3: I'll, 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 there's a preview.
0: So we'll find out about that more next week. Be sure to find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us there. And uh, search for us on uh, search for So Many Sequels on Patreon and see if you want to help us out there. We always appreciate that. Uh, likes and reviews and all that fun stuff go around for everybody. We'll be back next time. Until then.
1: Man, somebody got to clean up all that dinosaur doo-doo.